This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit walkwiththeking.org forward slash donate. Thank you for listening. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, radio friends. How in the world are you? Oh, I'm glad to be back with you. Bless your heart. (laughs) I look forward to these times. Uh, Like a uh, missionary looks forward to furlough, I look forward to being able to sit down with you uh, across the Word of God and talk with you and share and put a handle, hopefully, put a handle on it so that you can get hold of it for yourself. This is your good friend, Dr. Cook, and you and I are looking at the 10th chapter of Mark. Our Lord Jesus had just said to his disciples in verse 23, How hardly, that is, with what great difficulty that means, with what great difficulty shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? It says the disciples were astonished at his words. Now, why is that so surprising? It says in verse 26 again, And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Well, because the ultimate index for the world of uh, value and of success and uh, the ultimate indication of destiny turns out to be money. I don't know how to illustrate this so for your life, but I think you just look at you look at your own uh, circumstances and you'll find yourself agreeing. And the... Uh, the idea of having not only enough money, but more than enough, is pretty attractive to all of us, isn't it? I know I talk to some people right this minute who have to scrounge uh, to get the rent for the next month. And where you're living is not all that pleasant, is it? Well, you say that's how it is. Yes, that's how it is. But don't you wish sometimes that you had some more of uh, the long green, as we say? Don't you wish you had enough or maybe more than enough? Do you sometimes envy the people, the jet setters that have enough money so they can fly around and and be in London one day and and, uh, Buenos Aires the next and all that? See, the the measure of success, the measure of comfort, the measure of of having made it, being well off and, and, and being successful and while you're dreaming about it being content, you never do get content, but the people dream about it. The measure is money. And so they were astonished because this goes counter to everything that people ordinarily were thinking then, and we have to add now as well. They were astonished at his words. Well, was he saying that it was wrong to have money? No, because he, he now clarifies the statement in verse 24. Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, little children, my little children, technia, how hard is it for them that trust, trust, there's your key word, trust in riches to enter in to the kingdom of God. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Uh, the, The key word there is trust. Have you seen that? You go over to 1 Timothy, and you'll find the same uh, concept. 
First Timothy six seventeen, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high minded nor trust. There's your word, see, in uncertain riches, but do your trusting in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Do good and be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now there you have the contrast. Not high-minded, trusting in uncertain, the uncertainty of riches. But uh, first of all, remember that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Everything in the world is yours if you belong to God. The sunrise and the sunset and the fragrance of the rose are, are free. The best things in life, the song says, are free. But if uh, someone does have some money, it says, do good, rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, and laying up treasures in heaven. So the point is trust. The point is trust. I, uh, I uh, went to call one day on a friend of mine who was treasurer of the organization I then was in charge of. And we were so broke in that organization that I didn't have enough to meet payroll. My rule always has been in life, if you can't meet the payroll, you're not in business. So I wasn't about to to have payday come and not have enough to pay uh, our people. So I went to see him to see if I could raise a little money. Well, he didn't have too much hope for me, uh, but uh, at least we had a good prayer meeting. And when we got through praying, I said, Al, I wonder how it is that the Lord allows us to get so broke every now and again. He looked at me and smiled. He said, well, it's been my experience that you pray a lot better when you're broke. (laughs) Oh, that's true. It says, he led thee and allowed thee to hunger that he might feed thee with manna, which thou knowest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live. He let you get hungry so he could feed you. This is what I need to learn. You and I, we need to relearn it because we tend to gravitate inevitably into trust uh, on the amount of money and possessions that we have. How hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. You see, if you're going to deal with God, you don't deal on the basis of what you have. You deal on the basis of what you don't have. Just as I am without one plea, Charlotte uh, Elliot wrote, didn't she? Without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. He says it's easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Some people have said that was a reference to one of the gates of the city, which was called the Eye of the Needle. And it was the, the gate itself was small enough so that a heavily loaded camel would have trouble going through. I don't know if that's so, because I wasn't there. But the figure of speech certainly uh, is eloquent, isn't it? Camel through the Eye of a Needle. A rich man enter into the kingdom of God. So what's involved? Back to that word trust. You have to realize that it wouldn't take God very long to wipe any of us out. I've sometimes done a 
a survey in a meeting when I would be talking on this theme. And I'd say, how many of you have saved up a little to get, uh, by way of bank accounts and securities for what we call a rainy day or maybe for your retirement? And uh, the people would answer, you know, with a lifted hand. Then I'd say, how long do you think it would take for your entire uh, bank account and all of your securities to be wiped out if you had some catastrophic uh, illness or whatever. Now, of course, we have we have insurance nowadays, and we have Medicare, uh, and uh, there is some relief, not much, but some relief for those who have heavy medical and and hospital and surgical bills to pay. But, you know, most people agree that it wouldn't take very long for you to be completely wiped out financially, not to have anything left. I visit people who are ill now and again, you know, having been a pastor for 18 years, you you never get over that. And so I go calling on people who are sick, who are friends of mine or employees or co-workers. And I've heard people say to me through the years, you know, I thought I had enough saved up, but this past year has simply wiped us out. Why? Because it doesn't take very much, does it? No. Joe Morozik uh, was one of our delegates to the Youth for Christ Congress in Beatenburg years ago. He had come from Poland, and he was a successful attorney there in the pre-war days. This was back in 1948, just after World War II. And now he was living in a, in a ruined city. And uh, he told the story of how one day after the bombings, he stood on a heap of rubble and realized that 18 to 30 feet below him, buried in the rubble, were the bodies of his family, his law library, all that he had in all of this world, and all that he had was his clothes, the clothes on his back and the shoes on his feet. And he said, as he told us about that, and incidentally, when he came to the conference, he was wearing shoes that had worn through, the soles were worn through, and you could see his stockings through the soles. We got him some new shoes and some new clothes and took up an offering for him, you may be sure. But he said, as he, as he talked with us there in the meetings, he said, I guess God had to take things away from me so that I could learn to trust in him. It's a hard way to learn it, isn't it? But the fact is there. We tend to trust in our, in our, in our own assets, money, securities, real estate, things we have like cars and houses and furnishings and appliances and whatnot. And the index of whether or not you're trusting in them sometimes is how upset do you get if something goes wrong. If the refrigerator breaks down or the furnace breaks down or the car breaks down or the roof starts to leak or whatever it may be, how upset we get when things that we're trusting in, huh? things we're trusting in don't work right. So the key word there is trust. Let me ask you, beloved. And I'm not I'm not scolding, I'm not probing, I'm just 
talking with you. You know that. For those of you who are driving to work, it's like I was sitting in the back seat just chatting with you. And for somebody who's having that second cup of coffee in the morning, I'm sitting across the kitchen table from you, and we're friends, and I'm talking. So with that kind of a, a setting, beloved, who do you trust? And what do you trust? Is your trust really fixed on Almighty God? Well, the definition of trust, this is a Cook definition, and it may not stand the test of the academician, but I think it makes sense. Real trust is the quality of risking a situation on God. When you trust a person, you're willing to risk the whole bundle on him or her. Right? You're willing to risk the situation on him or her. Someone says to you, be at the corner of 5th Avenue and 42nd Street at noon, and I'll take you to the bank and we'll cash that check. All right, now you have other possibilities. There are other things that you could be doing, but you trust this person, and so you put everything else aside, and you hurry as best you can to that location, and you're there. Why? Because you trust this person who said, I'll do this for you. Well, we get at this the next time we get together. Dear Father, today, help us to trust Thee with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Till I meet you once again by way of radio, walk with the King today and be a blessing.